everyone, and welcome to another episode of Motivation Suite, your dedicated source for all things motivation, inspiration, and mentorship. I am your host, April Rogers, and I am super excited that you are tuning in for another episode. Now, as you may recall, in our last session, we covered the first part of our relationship series, friendships and acquaintanceships. I felt that this was an important element to explore as when we are reviewing the different concepts of relationships. It's also a good idea to take inventory of the friendships we have and determine if they are friendships that are of the connection and bonding that we desire or if maybe the more of the variety of acquaintanceships. Now, with that said, acquaintances are by no means less in value. I just feel it's just important to be clear on the types of individuals you have within your confidence and to have a true understanding as to the difference between the two categories. It's always a good idea to review and take inventory to ensure those around us bring out the best in us and that we are both mutually benefiting from the friendship. So with that, let's explore two more types of relationships, which brings us up to today's session, part two, family and romantic relationships. Now, these two categories of relationships can run the gamut from positive to negative, and as such, these two categories of relationship are quite vast in scope. So with that in mind, and in the interest of time for today's session, we'll lessen the broader scope. So let's get right into it. Family relationships are pretty straightforward. These relationships consist of blood relatives, as well as those situations that include step and adoptive members. Family can consist of those who are born into and of those who we may choose. Family relationships can be tricky at times, as when you are born into a family, you naturally do not have a choice in who your family consists of. Am I right? But nevertheless, the bond can be one that is so very strong and stands the test of time. And then there are those relationships that may unfortunately not be as close of a connection or really truly non-existent. Therefore, it is important to know that at certain points in your life, you may need to navigate differently within your family dynamic as people are still people. However, if you wish to have a healthy, mainly toxic-free family relationship, there are things you can do to support that effort. First, let's explore the defining concept of a healthy family relationship. Now, according to kidshelpline.com, they share that healthy relationships between family members means that your child feels loved, safe, secure, and supported as they grow into independent adults. Supporting healthy family relationships as a parent can mean being loving, caring, and respectful, being warm, supportive, and positive, as well as communicating when disagreements occur. And I would like to just simply add, these elements definitely create the foundation of what makes us to become well-adjusted and productive adults. Now, according to OneToughJob.org, they share the five key ways that you can keep your family happy and strong. So let's go ahead and, and do a quick review of those five key points. Number one, 
practice resilience. And you do this by managing life stressors, taking to care for your health and well-being and managing your stress levels as well as you may do for others. Key point number two, build your social network by joining a parent support group or play group, meeting new people by doing something you enjoy, and by simply smiling and saying hi can be engaging and therefore building your social network as well. Now, understanding that we are now in a climate of very different circumstances in which necessarily doing things in person may not be prudent or simply not able to be done in a safe manner. So it is so important to really embrace the virtual world in that element with Zoom calls and other means of engaging with individuals, whether it be through Instagram or Facebook or YouTube for that matter. You know, just the ability to be able to connect with individuals on those levels can bring so much more uh, peace and uh, joy, even if it's for a moment in time, that is so very needed because we are connecting individuals. You know, myself, is like I'm sure many of others, have really enjoyed the concept of Zoom. And it, I can't imagine really honestly not having those types of outlets um, in order to be able to see one another, you know, because many of us have been through this situation where we haven't seen individuals who were close to and still remain close, you know, since the beginning of um, this very difficult year, to say the least. So just making sure that you are embracing the concept of connecting in that way when you are able to can really boost your um, energy and your level of happiness, even if it's for short spurts of time within the day. Every little bit helps. And key point number three shares that you need to ask for help. And you definitely do this by mapping out your support system and not being afraid to ask for help. And of course, if we have not learned that lesson by now, 2020 has definitely been a year that has really supported that concept. You know, we have gone through so many of us in a way that we can always do everything ourselves, that we don't need anybody's help. And well, heck, it might seem like we don't have things under control if we don't ask for help when, when we're deeply challenged inside because of that. And for what? You know, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to have people around us who are able to support us, um, whether virtually or safely in person, okay? It's important to understand that mapping out a support system, whether you're able to pick up a phone and do a continual text, whatever that means in that safe space to do so, because it is so important to just have that extra ear and feel that extra support. And when there's something that is needing to be handled and addressed, to make sure that you're reaching out is so very important. Key point number four, be a lifelong learner. And you do this by learning new information and reaching out to the people in your social networks and share your knowledge of parenting if you're a parent or any other types of elements that may be of interest for you if you're not. And also being able to share elements uh, within the world because one of my mottos is, is you should never stop learning, growing, and doing. And 
For those who have children, key point number five shares that you nurture your child's social and emotional growth by listening to your child and encouraging them to express how they feel and show your love with small, simple gestures every day, as it is said to be the best way to show your child that you simply love them. And I would like to add that for those without children, doing the same by being a safe space for your spouse, etc., however your family makeup is, in order to allow them to share their feelings and allow them to feel that they are supported and that they are heard, is a surefire way to let them know that they are loved as well. So I most certainly want to reinforce that these important key points definitely can adhere to situations where families consist of children and for those that do not consist of children. Now, once you have come to the understanding of what types of actions promote a healthy relationship, then we are better able to not only have a healthy family relation, but also be able to spot that in other family dynamics. Which brings us up to the next leg of our family relationship exploration, knowing the signs of a healthy family. Now, BulkCounselingServices.com expands on five signs of a healthy family dynamic. Number one, clear communication. When problems occur, the family comes together to solve the issue, allowing for each family member to clearly articulate how they feel and taking responsibility for their own behavior resulting in each family member the opportunity to express and in return, responses of support are given to what is being expressed. Number two, spending time together, which consists of placing emphasis on carving out consistent time for one another. Now this includes special time for husband and wife and other times where the whole family may do activities if this should apply to you. And parents would want to take individual time with each child as it provides an excellent way to support a child emotionally. Now again, 2020 <laughs> has been one has allowed us to really embark on time with our family members, has it not? Um, and the concept in here, I would say, because in, in normal situations where we're not sequestered most of the time um, in our homes, is in normal situations, you may be able to do different activities outside the home, sports, of shopping, going to the movies, like to eat out in restaurants. Of course, these are things that we'll be able to do more when this time of, of the year is gone and passed. Um, but in the meantime, right now, as we stay safe with our family, um, we definitely want to make sure that we think of creative ways to do things within the household. Now, I know that that can be challenging for parents that have children, that they do school in the house as well. So I understand that plight in that. But if you're able to take some time, step away, get involved in games and other type of activities that you can do safely from your um, residence, then you want to explore those ideas. And there's lots of ways for you know examples of things that you can do for that um, of course if you know you have a difficult time remembering reflecting what we used to do <laughs> uh, years ago when in our growing up then there's most certainly examples that we can look out on Google and YouTube you know and even on Instagram and, and and Facebook as well you know just 
different ways of getting together, whether it's telling stories, playing games, doing uh, games like Pictionary, stuff like that, you know, things that have a lot of fun activity with them. You know, just make sure that you're finding times within that day to be able to spend that time, making that time quality time versus just the, the quantity of time. Next up, handle stressors with ease. As there can be a variety of stressors experienced, healthy families would respond by not blaming others and healthy families look for solutions to their problem. Number four, boundaries. And listen to the <laughs> accentuation of that word as I say it, boundaries. <laughs> now this could represent itself by way of parents limiting certain topics of discussion around their children as it has been long shared that arguments being heard around children tend to create an atmosphere where children begin to blame themselves for the issues. It's not their fault if you're doing the arguing. And they may feel that whatever the argument is, it's somehow their fault. And with that, it's pretty easy to see how extremely damaging that could be to a child and therefore the family structure. It is also healthy to have boundaries when it comes to in-laws and external family members, which would be those family members that are outside of the nucleus in the family household. Actions that tend to pull on or threaten the very foundational bond of an internal family structure should not be allowed. And calmly addressing this with those family members for ensuring the family nucleus is, remains intact is imperative and number five unconditional love now we're doing this for one another without expecting anything in return right although it is normal to have disagreements in families we all have them to be angry or frustrated it all happens to us however it is important to separate the behavior and the support you give to them right be able to understand that step back take a focus and more look at what is happening the behavior itself the action itself and not so much the person not the character those don't have to be one and the same we all have our moments so being a little kind to one another giving a little uh, grace to one another is extremely helpful and supporting that unconditional love so the correlation of understanding the types of actions that promote a healthy family relationship is truly a direct path to reaping the benefits of an enriching and supportive family dynamic. That moves us into the ever delightful romantic relationships. Now, of course, this episode would be hours and hours long <laughs> if we dissected every aspect of the romantic relationship element. So in the interest of time, <laughs> we will cover some of the highlights. So without further ado, let's dive into what has been shared of the five stages of a romantic relationship. Now, according to dating to love to know.com, they lay out the following stages. Stage one, attraction and romance. Now the highlights of this stage include focusing on your similarities and ignoring the 
flaws as the biological forces take over, causing you to only see the good. Number two, spending a lot of time together in which you are falling more in love after all, and you can't imagine being apart from each other. For those in relationships, do you remember those days? <laughs> and number three, conflict avoidance. Conflict is not only avoided in this stage, but seems like it will never happen at all. I think they call that what's uh, the twilight stage, um, fantasy stage. It may come to me a little bit later. Oh, honeymoon stage. That's it. <laughs> now, stage two is when reality sets in, probably for some people like a thud. Anyways, <laughs> this stage often will begin to slowly rear its head during the relationship, but will sometimes happen all at once. See where that thud comes in. The reality of this space typically lasts about six months or as long as it takes for both individuals to decide they want to stay together. And it is often where relationships end because one person decides they've made a selection mistake. And that's a very nice way of saying that, uh, yeah, we shouldn't have stepped into this. <laughs> However, if flaws are able to be accepted, then the couple can progress to the next level. Some elements to expect in that stage are you start to see flaws in your partner or behaviors you just don't like. It's not that you are no longer in love, but your partner doesn't seem as great as he or she was in stage one. Biology will also be fighting against you as the romance stage features many endorphins running through the body that gives you that high sensation. Since the body can't keep this up forever, in this stage, the elation begins to level off. Additionally, in this stage, you wonder if you are still in love and then the relationship doesn't seem like as much of a fantasy as before. And for stage three, disappointment, um, I could consider this a climactic stage because what began as reality setting during stage two often turns to disappointment in this stage. Couples at this stage tend to spend about a year working out their differences in an effort to get to a place of stability. And with that, if you're able to communicate in healthy ways and see progress, you're likely to move to the next phase. Problems and or issues presented in this stage are, as a couple, you believe that arguments are bad but you're angry at each other anyway. <laughs> the anger can be over trivial and or minor changes, such as small differences between you. You'd be surprised of the many things that could tear a couple apart, right? But if you, I think, initially just don't work, it just doesn't fit, then you shouldn't push it. Furthermore, since you don't realize that conflict can be healthy, not at that time, you're not really focusing on that, you wonder if this relationship is doomed. And in fact, you likely have thoughts of breaking up or getting divorced if you are married. So you can see without strong communication, trust, and the ability to work as a team, couples are unlikely to advance past this stage. That leads us up to stage four, stability. 
Now, if a couple can successfully navigate through the murky waters of stage three, they will find stage four offers much rest and enjoyment. Doesn't that make you feel good? It's said to be that couples spend roughly two years feeling stable before progressing into the final stage of commitment. So you want to ensure that you make efforts to spice up your standards and your love together to keep the spark alive. Because it is at this point, a couple now has history together and has been able to work through some of those differences. Now the fantasy of this stage is completely gone. But the couple has accepted that. Now, of course, there may be differences and the couple may sometimes fight, but the couple loves one another and feels connected to each other and they trust that they can work through any future conflicts. The couple may, however, feel a little bored at times as the chase in this stage is definitely over. And the couple may miss the stage one feelings and wonder if those feelings could be found in someone else. However, you may no longer miss that romance in that stage, that is the romance heightened level in stage one. Because that would mean being with a new person and probably around this time, you're not interested in doing that. Now, I feel it is important to clarify with this point that it doesn't mean you stop having romantic things going on between one another and doing romantic things for each other and feeling romantic things for each other. That's fine if it works for you, right? So your coupling, it just means the developing newness of those feelings in the romantic stage, you know, that heightened sense of woo, woo, woo. Well, that just has already occurred in that particular element um, of your relationship, right? So that's already happened. But what does come out of it is that you are now looking at a relationship that has matured into a deeper sense of love and relationship. And that to me outweighs any up and down element of romanticism. That's just my opinion. <laughs> and now we are brought to stage five, commitment. Now, it's unfortunate that few couples make it this far. Even couples who are married. Mm. So it is said that in this stage, you are truly a team and have progressed through the five stages of love. If dating, this is the stage where you can get married and feel comfortable with that decision. No runaway brides or grooms, I guess, at this point. <laughs> it is the stage of mature and sustainable love that lasts forever and an ideal world for happy couples. Achievements in this stage include that you have chosen to be with your partner, flaws and all. You also no longer miss the romantic stage because that would mean being with a new person and you don't want to do that. And remember, again, that's not just the romantic elements of your relationship. That just means that heightened newness of romance. That's kind of done, right? But that's okay because that's matured in something loving and beautiful and deep and, and long lasting. Okay. And at this point, you also have more of a vision for the future that you will have together as a couple. So I find it quite interesting how these elements are laid out in these stages. And I also find that knowing these elements early on may allow for us to take inventory 
you know, I love that word inventory <laughs> of the romantic relationships we set out to enter into. Now, as I shared earlier, there are so many elements to the area of romantic relationships. However, again, in today's session, I thought it would be helpful to cover a more highlighted take on the stages and expectations, which allow for a helpful review, I hope, of our relationships in order to make decisions that work best for ourselves. Well, everyone, I think that about does it for today's session of part two, family and romantic relationships. And I hope you found today's session helpful in bolstering your current familiar and romantic relationships for striving to continue and assessing what are best for you and yours for healthy relationships, whether romantic or familiar. Being kind, always looking for ways to add joy in our loved ones' lives is always a good place to operate from. And I'm so glad you tuned in today. And of course, I love to hear your thoughts about healthy family dynamics and, of course, romantic relationships by dropping me a comment. And if you are finding this content helpful, please be sure to like, follow, share, and spread the word. And I would also love for you to join the Motivation Suite community, Facebook group, and follow on Instagram at Motivate Inspire Mentor, as well as on Twitter at Sweet Motivation. And that is S-U-I-T-E. And don't forget to check Motivation Suite out with Motivation Suite with April YouTube channel for more motivational, inspirational, and mentorship feeling topics. So excited for that new journey. You can also continue listening to our podcast here on this platform and any other platform, um, podcast platform that is, that you choose to listen to your favorite podcast as well. And as always, I thank you for listening and I look forward to you tuning in to next time for the next installment of this journey. So please be safe, be kind to one another, and until then, take care.